What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to the latest episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Monday, January 18th, and we've got Divisional Round Recap. Had a very good weekend. 4-0 on our game winners. 8-4 on uh, game winners, spreads, over-unders on the weekend. Had a couple nice uh, player props throughout the weekend, so hopefully you all not only listened to my picks out on Friday, uh, but also made way over to my Twitter over the weekend for some other plays that I had going on. We had a very, very successful uh, weekend. Um, so we're going to go just uh, you know recap all four games of the weekend, uh, go through kind of uh, you know what, what necessarily happened in each game, uh, any takeaways, implications for conference championship weekend, uh, which uh, it's sad to say we entered the weekend with only seven games left in the regular season, uh, and uh, now we've only got three. So very unfortunate that we're at this point of the NFL season, but it's been a wild ride. And, and hey, look, we've had we've had a, a bunch of interesting games. Not necessarily the most, um, not necessarily the most in enticing games you know for full 60 minutes but you know i think this weekend we had a good game uh, the chiefs and browns got interesting um buck saints ended up being good one the saturday games were you know yeah they're all right but that's where we'll start actually let's start off with the first game of the weekend uh the six seeded los angeles rams fell to the number one seeded green bay packers 32 to 18 uh, fun nugget, Green Bay is now 7-1 and one in home playoff games on Saturday uh, throughout their um, team history. Uh, what, what to say about this game, really? Um, you know, you take a look. Goff, to me, looked better than, than the previous week. So, you know, kudos to him. It seemed like that um, arm was getting better, that, that hand was getting healthier throughout the uh, course of the week. Um Tried keeping pace as much as possible. You know, you get to one point in the second in the second quarter on that Van Jefferson touchdown. It's 16 to 10. You're saying, okay, they're hanging around. They're hanging around. Uh, Green Bay gets that field goal um, to to end the half, and then they kick things off with a touchdown on their first drive of the third quarter. Ten point swing there on two drives, and from there it was a little bit too much for them to come back. They had the uh, Cam Akers touchdown run in there uh, to try and make it interesting, but um, you know that Alan Lazard 58 yard touchdown. Is there a worse feeling if you're in a, a defensive back playing against Aaron Rodgers and you see him smile at you before a snap? You know you have to know you're fucked because he knows you're fucked and he's laughing about it. Uh, you know the reports came out all weekend of just how frustrating it is uh, as a uh, as a defender to be going up against Rodgers and to see him have so much fun during the course of the game. And, you know, he's cracking jokes with you. He's trying to have conversations for the full 60 minutes. Um, you know, it's kind of like he's got that Phil Rivers mentality where he's kind of just jokingly talking shit, except the difference is Aaron Rodgers is, uh, you know, the second or first most talented quarterback of all time. So, um, you know, kudos to the Rams. I, I think, you know, when you take a look at their season, you know, what they had to deal with offensively, you know, losing a couple linemen throughout the year. Jared Goff, you know, still not being a great quarterback for the Rams. Definitely something that Sean McVay has uh, made pretty evident. Um, so, you know, interesting situation to monitor. Obviously, they've got a lot of money tied up to him. I'm not sure if McVay is at a point where he's like, hey, we got to get a new quarterback in this in this building. Um, you know, try and create a competition to see if Goff could rise to the occasion. But, 
you know, it's it's there's a couple quarterbacks we watched this weekend where it's like, hey, uh, clean pocket, you know, run support play actions, you look pretty good, but when you're down 10 to 14 points, it's a little tough to uh, to you know be able to count and rely on that quarterback. And now considering, look, I, I am admitting Jared Goff is playing hurt, but I think we've seen it a couple of years now. I think we saw it throughout the regular season a few different times where it's like, okay, Sean McVay doesn't have a lot of confidence in Jared Goff. And, um, you know, the Super Bowl run that they had, you know, making it to the Super Bowl a couple of years back was a really great run, you know, uh, but it was a run that was also supported by a strong run game and play action. And, and obviously, you know, I, I got to give a lot of credit to Cam Akers, who's come on so strong um, in, in the playoffs. And, and, you know, he had to deal with some injuries, so he missed a little time in the regular season, but 18 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he was taking a couple direct snaps during the game. They were trying to spice things up and kind of catch the Green Bay defense off guard. Um, so that's really all I have to say about the Rams. You know, kudos to Aaron Donald playing through that injury. It looked like it was. It took a lot out of him. Um, the the defense is extremely talented, and now they lose their defensive coordinator, um, who is now heading, you know, staying in the building. Uh, he's going to the Chargers. They play in the same stadium. He'll be the head coach for them as well, too. Interesting to see if they bring an offensive assistant along with him. Uh, up to this point that I'm recording this podcast, that has not been announced. So in case, you know, Monday later in the day you're hearing this and it's been announced, you know, I, I just don't have that information yet. Um, but that's kind of what I have to say about the Rams. Look, they're a great team. They'll be back next year. Uh, interesting to see what improvements they try and make. Obviously, they got to get a little bit younger on the offensive line. Um, you know, they found some great things this past offseason. And, in, in, you know, a guy like Leonard Floyd, who just really found a great role in this defense, bringing him back, linebackers. They're, they're such a talented roster. They just had to deal with injuries. Obviously, no Cooper Cup as well. Um, they'll be back. They're, they're a great team with a meh quarterback. And we've seen, you know, for the last three or four years, that, that's a playoff caliber team. If you have a great roster, great coaching, and an average quarterback, that's good enough to be in the postseason. Uh, for the Packers, I mean, they looked great. They really did. Um, you know, for as much as I like to talk up the Rams' defense, they had a pretty good day. You know, they did target Devontae Adams 10 times. He caught nine catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, the big touchdown to Lazard. Uh, he finished the day with 96 yards on four catches and a touchdown. Uh, Tunyon was 60 yards on four of uh, caught all four of his targets. Really, what the story was for me is is kind of Green Bay also being able to dominate in the trenches, and I think that that was their approach. Knowing Aaron Donald was a little banged up, uh, you know, Aaron Jones 14 carries, 99 yards in the touchdown. Jamal Williams 12 for 65. AJ Dillon six y- uh, rushes for uh, 27 yards. There are a lot of talented running backs, and and I think. Um, you know, when you take a look at the teams that didn't advance to, to conference championship weekend, balance on offense sticks out to just about all of them. You know, I have, you know, we'll talk about all these games, but let me take a look at the Rams passing, you know, whether it was Goff's fault or he was just hurt, you know, they were a little bit one-dimensional, very reliant on the run game. Uh, you go to the next game, the, the Ravens, I've had concerns over their passing offense this entire season. I questioned it heading into the postseason. I questioned it heading into this Bills game. Uh... Earlier on Sunday, you had the Browns. Look, <laughs> questions about the quarterback, you know, questions about the passing offense. Um, you know, their their rush attack, they weren't actually able to use their running backs as much as I thought they'd be able to. So, you know, a little bit one-dimensional for them as well, too. Um, predicated through the run, trying to uh, 
uh, do as much without needing the quarterback to throw a bunch. And then in this past game, uh, the, the last game to finish off the weekend, obviously the Saints passing offense was uh, Jameis Winston for one play, 56 yards, and then a whole lot of dink and dunk from Drew Brees and a lot of turnovers. So, you know, when I take a look at the Packers, very balanced offense. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about Saints-Bucks to finish up this podcast. But if you're a Green Bay fan, you have to feel pretty good about where your team is at in terms of making it to a Super Bowl. You really should. Um, not a whole much else to say about this game. We can move on to the next one. Uh, Saturday night, you know, uh, Bills-Ravens. Bills take them down 17-3. to uh, they advance um, to their first conference championships in 91, 94, early 90s, first conference championship game in quite a while. Love it. Um, unfortunately for the Ravens, their season ends uh, only being able to put up three points. Buffalo now 12-3 and in home playoff games in team history. Bills Mafia came out strong, 6,700 I believe this week. Um, great to see fans, you know, starting to get in for these playoff games. Uh, really makes the environment that much more enjoyable. Um you know, where to go with this game? The wind, you know, wind played a pretty big role in two, in two playoff games uh, this weekend. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very uncharacteristic for Justin Tucker to miss two field goals. He missed, uh, let's see, the first one was from 41 yards out. The next one was from 46 yards out, you know, definitely a little distance on him when you consider the win, but also he's the greatest kicker of this past decade, right? So um, very uncharacteristic. Obviously, the bad punt early on gave the Bills good field position. Um, you know, I did expect the Bills to, you know, main takeaway from this game, there's a lot that I have to consider with the win that played, you know, a role into this. Obviously, the Ravens and the missed field goals, the poor special teams execution, um, you know, Lamar having to throw the ball. There was a couple, you know, wobblers in that game. On the flip side, it had a pretty big impact on the Bills' offense, too. I thought, especially in the first half, we had a lot of, you know, what would I call it, 2018, 2019 Josh Allen, where, you know, he's launching these deep balls, and they are 10 yards ahead of the receiver. He had a few of those there. And uh, I guess I'll have to go back and watch to see if there were some where maybe the receiver stopped running thinking the ball wasn't coming to him. Um, but there was, you know, more than a more than a few times there where I was like, okay, Josh Allen you really fixed your deep accuracy this past year um, with the help of a guy coming in like Stefan Diggs and all the improvements that this offense has taken. Uh, but we did see a, a couple plays in there where you go, eh, it's a little shaky, way off target on that one. Um, but, you know, I, you know, where do you go with it? You know, Lamar, you get down so much, then Lamar gets the concussion. He's ruled out for the rest of the game. It, it's, it's painful to have to not only go... Uh, away from your MVP caliber quarterback, not to be able to go to your second string, uh, not being able to go to your third string, but you have to go to Tyler Huntley, Huntley, my apologies from Utah, uh, this past, uh, you know, um, offseason he was in college, last year he was in college, came in 6 of 13, 60 yards, uh, he had one run, oh, I'm trying to figure out how long it was, he had three carries on the day for 32 yards, he had one really impressive run to kind of where it was like, oh, maybe they got something rolling here with, with Huntley, um, you know, what, what's what's the narrative with with Baltimore? You, you know, the the first red zone interception in Lamar Jackson's um, career, not even just postseason career, career, his first interception in the red zone, a really bad look. Return to the house, 101 yards. Uh, Bills, you know, extend their lead at that point. Um, 
you know, three to 10 at that, or no, sorry, the, the interception was brought it from three to 10 to three to 17. Uh, so it's a really bad look. That was a, it was a bad throw. Didn't see the line or, uh, the defensive back kind of just hanging in the waiting, um, you know, poor decision-making there. You have to be very cautious when talking about Lamar in, in the playoffs because at the same time, it's like, hey, this man's played in four postseason games. So what? He's one in three. I know a lot of quarterbacks who have way worse records. You know, Peyton Manning started 0-3. Um, you know, all great quarterbacks go through stretches where they just can't get it done in the postseason. I mean, we take a look at a guy like Drew Brees. He's on a four or five-year stretch of, of, of really rough playoff exits. It's a team sport. Um, but I am a little concerned about the fact that I, I, I heard Kevin Clark or Ryan Rosillo make this point on Saturday night after the game. It's like, is Lamar Jackson someone that you can say in, in January and February can win you three or four games in a row? Um, and it does seem in these pressure situations, and especially when it's only getting... Um, you know, there's only more and more pressure as the, the wins go along, the further in the postseason that you get, that I don't know if that's something I feel totally confident in saying he can do. And granted, it's a team sport. There's a lot of things. The injury obviously hurts him. The the wind, the elements, missing two field goals, the bad punt, like all of this plays against him. But, you know, I just, I think this Ravens offense is too talented for just three points. And okay, it, I'll still say it's too talented for nine points if you count those two field goals. Um... You know, the, the Bills' defense was not good this year. It wasn't great. You know, the Colts put up 24 on them. A lot of teams have been putting points up on them. wasn't a great defense. Um, and so for the Ravens to only show three points in this, even showing nine, I'm like, yeah, God. You know, I kind of said coming in that I just I didn't buy into the Ravens' offense because they put up 20 against Tennessee, another really bad defense. I think they were 27th in, in total yards this past season. I wasn't impressed by the Ravens putting up 20 against them. Um, so it's a real wonky game. Obviously, you get down a lot and then you lose your MVP quarterback. It's like, holy shit, this is kind of the worst situation you can draw up. Um, but, you know, the Ravens have a really talented roster as well. They've got a, a lot of free agents pending. Um, so interesting to see what they do because they also have a lot of young guys coming up that they have to pay. So this is one of those free agent classes where you go, okay, we really need to prioritize and, and try and get a lot of value picks because when you have to start extending a guy like Lamar or some of your younger receivers or some of your younger defensive backs, you've already extended both your tackles, uh, that you got to consider the cap a lot. So there's going to be some guys that can't make it back to Baltimore, uh, but I believe that they've, they've they've drafted pretty well. I really like their class, um, you know, the... the uh, Linebacker Patrick Queen had a very underwhelming rookie season, but I like guys like J.K. Dobbins, Justin Matabuke. They had a really good draft class, so I expect them to figure it out. They definitely need to address the wide receiver position. Hollywood Brown, to me, is the only guy that I say is worth being a receiver on this team right now. Uh, Mark Andrews definitely uh, took a step back as opposed to his 2019 season, uh, but they'll still be around. They're still they're still a great team, a great franchise, and... Um, but you know, I, I think we do. I think I do have a little bit of a concern in terms of can I say that you know, out of all the quarterbacks in football, Lamar Jackson is one of the most where I say yes, I can trust this guy to to be um, above average for a three to four game stretch against the toughest opponents in the NFL. You know, because it's 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 really easy to have good stretches in the regular season because you're not going to be playing the best of the best every single week. You're going to get games against the Jets. You're going to get games against the Bengals. You're going to get games against the Texans. Like, you're going to get games against bad teams. Um, so 
we haven't seen to a point really him go on a stretch where he's taking down really good teams in consecutive weeks. And uh, that's a concern for me. It is. Moving on to the Bills, this is uh, two weeks in, in, the, in the postseason now where I've been a little bit underwhelmed. You know, I thought offensively they did a really good job in the wildcard weekend. Uh, I'll give them credit defensively, I guess, this week, but I really think it was just uh, the Ravens just weren't able to execute that much. So, um, you know, I, I see Leslie Frazier is getting interviews and, and is potentially being considered for the Texans job. Whether that just be because no one wants to work in Houston right now or what, um, you know, they did a good job against Baltimore. Uh, stopped the run. I mean, let's take a look at the rushing stats. Yeah, I mean, Gus Edwards, 42 yards. J.K. Dobbins, 42 yards. Uh, Lamar, 34. Not really a whole lot there. So good for them for stopping them in the front seven. I thought that was kind of the game plan all along is, you know, force Lamar to beat you with your arm. You know, that's really in those big situations. That's what it comes to. That's what defenses do is they say, we're going to sell it on the run, beat us through the air, just as the Ravens did last week and in, in the wild card weekend to the Titans. It was like, we're going to, we're going to stop Derrick Henry and we're going to force you to beat us with Ryan Tannehill. Um, they said the same thing with Lamar this weekend and he wasn't able to get the do uh, job done. Uh, but for the Bills, you know, their wins and, and you take a look and, and this one is a 14 point win. Um, they were able to hold off the, the Colts in a weird game, a really exciting game of the postseason. Um, you know, they, they got a tough task coming up in Kansas City. I, I don't necessarily know if I feel that great about Buffalo heading into conference championship weekend. Kind of, kind of uh, you know, I, obviously the Chiefs have an amazing offense, um, and especially when Mahomes is back there playing quarterback uh, instead of Chad Henney. They're a great team to consider. They're a very dangerous football team. Buffalo is really going to have to have a, a really great game offensively. Um, they had one against the Colts, against a really good defense. The Ravens, it was a, it was eh. You know, Josh Allen still had a, a pretty accurate day. The, the thing is, is that they, they aren't turning the ball over anymore, which is really good. Um, you know, Josh Allen, 206 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Um, you know, losing Zach Moss, like I said, is going to be a really uh, tough injury to deal with. Devin Singletary had seven carries for 25 yards. They're very reluctant to run the football, which I think is, um, you know, I, I talk about one-dimensional teams. It's, it's uh, you know, for Buffalo, they were very one-dimensional. Um, but I think that that was the kind of game plan, just knowing the strengths of the Baltimore defense, uh, the strengths of, of or the, the idea of knowing that you don't have Zach Moss, who really emerges the lead back in the second half of the season. I said on Friday the game plan was is that Buffalo wasn't going to run the football. And, uh, I mean, Josh Allen technically had seven carries on there. So if you want to take a look at the total numbers, it's 16 carries to 37 pass attempts. Um, but, you know... They're, they're tough to defend. Uh, I, this this AFC Championship game is going to be a lot of fun offensively. Um, it's really going to come down to, to what defense, I guess, I trust a little bit more. Uh, hell of a game for Stefan Diggs, too. I, I got it. The, the watching Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen have so much fun together on a football field and, and to see their friendship is so exciting because they're, they're two really young, talented players that um, as long as they're staying happy with each other, they're going to enjoy a lot of success together over the next eight to 10 years. You know, hopefully Stefan doesn't, you know, I wouldn't see any reason Stefan would want to leave Buffalo unless he thinks that it's too small of a market. But even then, I mean, he was in Minnesota before. I think he's fine with small market teams and, and especially he's got to be fine having one of the best young quarterbacks in the game. So 
Uh, this is a match made in heaven. I've said it for a year now since the trade happened. I said it was a perfect fit. Uh, we saw it again in this past week. Eight catches, 106 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. Um, you know, John Brown stepping up nice in place of Cole Beasley. He was a little hurt as that number two option. Eight catches, 62 yards as well. Uh, wasn't a whole lot outside of those two guys, though. Um, Singletary was the next leading receiver with three receptions. Don't know how I feel about the Bills. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm a little little meh with them. Uh, let's move on to Sunday's games. Kansas City, uh, they will host the AFC Championship game for the third straight season. First time that that's happened since the 2002 to 2004 stretch in the NFC. Who was the head coach then? Oh, Andy Reid. Damned good head coach. Uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs win this one 22-17. Really ugly game here as well, too. This was the other game that I said was really impacted by heavy wins. Uh, you had the missed extra point on the first uh, touchdown for Kansas City on that uh, shuffle run. Trying to see. There was a missed field goal in the early parts of the third quarter uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Those are really the only wind-impacting plays, I'd say, throughout the course of that game. Um... Look, it, it seemed like Kansas City was on its way to roll. It really did. You know, they jump out to the uh, 19-3 lead at half. Cleveland turns the ball over on their first drive. Um, it looked like Kansas City was ready to put up at least three points and torch them. They missed the field goal. Uh, Cleveland goes back, and they score a touchdown. Makes it a little bit more interesting. Uh, then, you know, you get the 22-10 lead on the Bucker field goal that he finally made. Um, you know, really... This game is is too close. You know, the score is misleading because the Chiefs were far and away the best team. Uh, to me, far and away the best team that we watched all weekend. I'll say the Packers are the Packers are definitely a close second, but to me, the Chiefs uh, just offensively looked amazing in the first half. They looked so sharp. Um, you know, finding Travis Kelsey over the middle. Tyreek Hill had a couple great catches, a lot of trickery. Daryl Williams had a really good showing uh, to just take a look at his total numbers. 13 carries for 78 yards. He also caught four catches for 16 yards. Um, I know Clyde should be back. Clyde Edwards-Alaire should be back next week, but a good job uh, for Daryl in place. Um, and especially when you take a look at what Le'Veon Bell has been, uh, it's been a, it's been pretty rough. It's been pretty rough to see where he was... Uh, you know, just the, just the potential that he had, the, the element that you thought he could bring to this offense, it's definitely been a little underwhelming. Uh, but the Chiefs win this one by five. It felt, you know, like a much bigger uh, blowout for Kansas City. But then Patrick Mahomes goes down with a concussion. Um, seems to be like he should be back for the AFC title game. I wouldn't see a situation in which he doesn't. Uh, it doesn't seem to be that the concussion is deemed that serious. Andy Reid, even in his press post-conference uh, presser, didn't even use the word concussion. Just said he kind of... A nerve in the back of his neck. I don't know what it was, um, but I expect him to be back, and I expect this team honestly to uh, to keep things humming. You know, yeah, they, I know they only finish with 22 points in this game. You know, you're up 19. You put up 19 in the first half. You miss the field goal to start the third quarter. Mahomes gets out shortly after. Um, you know, I this game shouldn't have been that close. Uh, what could I say about the Browns in this one? You know, I, I, I gotta say, uh, you know, I don't want it to see, sound like I'm shitting on Baker. I thought he played a pretty good game. Uh, 23 of 37, 204, one touchdown, one interception. 
Also had three carries, uh, some pivotal, you know, third down conversions by him with his legs. Um, you know, what's the storyline? You know, they couldn't get the running backs that much involved in the passing game, which really, to me, uh, was something that um, had been working brilliantly for them all season. You know, Nick Chubb had three drops uh, in this game. Kareem Hunt only had one catch for two yards. That was the difference to me, uh, really not being able to get the running backs involved in the passing offense. Because they tried a lot of screens. They do a lot of play action where they get they throw back to the running back. I mean, it just helps, you know, Create a little distance for those receivers, too, when you have to take into consideration the running backs on those passing routes. Uh, Austin Hooper didn't get that involved. I was expecting, you know, at least four catches from him in that one. Um, really outside of Richard Higgins, you know, David Njoku kind of popped up out of nowhere. Um, and Jarvis with seven catches on ten targets, only had 20 yards and a touchdown. You know, I think I think for the Browns, you kind of just you, you can't be upset about the way that this season ended. Um, you know, you you had your best season in 30 years. I mean, it's been a while since you were this good. Made it to the divisional round. You should be feeling really good about where this team is at. Um, you know, a lot of young, exciting players on defense. Uh, you know, you figured out your offensive line really quickly. I mean, you've got you know two great tackles and, and uh, honestly two great guards in a center. That's one of the better offensive lines in all of football. Kevin Stefanski, um, you know, had some questionable calls at the end of the day. And I, I heard, I saw something on Twitter that was talking about this is some of the greatest play callers um, are some of the worst guys at situational football. And maybe that's, and, and they were kind of leaning to the idea of like, well, they have so much to focus on throughout the course of a game. You're so invested into the play calling aspect that you're not maybe paying attention to the clock as much as possible. And, and some of your decision making is very on the whim when you have to consider things. You know, he, had, he, had, he did have a bad challenge on the uh, Tyree Kill, uh, really terrific catch by Tyree Kill. He did have a bad challenge there, but, you know, they didn't get those angles in before he had to throw the flag. It looked pretty questionable if you watched it in live time. Um, so I, I'm not going to kill him for the challenge, but he definitely had a few calls in there that I was, eh, eh a little shaky on. Um, you know, you kind of have to throw away this game when you're taking a look at what the Chiefs could be uh, in, you know, as, as it comes to next weekend and then potentially the Super Bowl. You can't really take a lot of it into consideration. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes going down really hurt this offense. He had the really bad Chad Henney interception, uh, but he held his own. And then the one last note of this is is the nuts on, on Andy Reid. He's got the biggest nuts in football. You know, everybody expects you, you're just trying to drum off sides, and then you snap it, you do that quick out to Tyree Kill that is unguardable. Um, Henny slips it out there, and they get the first down, and they put the game away. You know, um, a lot of people were really critical of a guy in Frank Reich in wildcard weekend who played the aggressive, who did the fourth down stuff. That's the reason you do this. You know, when it, when it doesn't go great, people are going to give you shit for it. But when it goes great, everybody wants to applaud him. So you can't have it both ways. You have to acknowledge the fact that the best coaches are the ones that don't, um, who, you know, if you're an offensive-minded guy in Andy Reid and, and you're Patrick Mahomes, this you, you play through the strengths of your team. And you've got talented receivers, you've got Tyree Kill, you've got Travis Kelsey, you play through the strength of your team, which is your offense. And for the Colts, you know, Frank Reich, an offensive-minded guy, he wants to play through the offense. They've got one of the best offensive lines, one of the best rush attacks. So you can't have it both ways where you criticize Frank Reich for his decision-making and then applaud Andy Reid for having big balls and going forward on fourth and one when no one was expecting him to snap the ball. Can't have it both ways. Uh, kudos to him. Iced the game. Didn't put the, the ball back in Baker's hands to see if he could make some magic happen late in the fourth. 
Um, and, and they're heading on to their third straight uh, AFC title game, hosting it too. Uh, we're in for a, a terrific run at Kansas City. I mean, uh, it's it's so amazing as we watch kind of the end of one regime in New England, the the birth of another in Kansas City. Um, they're they, they're going to have something special here for, for the next eight to ten years. Final game of the weekend. Told everybody all week, you know, I like the Buccaneers in this one. They eventually win on the road, get their first win over New Orleans this season, 30-20. to 20. Uh, for Tampa Bay, their first win in the divisional round since 2002. That year, they won the Super Bowl. They take it 30 to 20, as I said. Um, let's talk about the Saints. We I, I want to talk about every team that was eliminated, and, and then move on and talk about the team and their implications moving forward. So let's talk about the Saints. You know, it it is a shame how talented this roster is that they had to be held back by, you know, their franchise quarterback. That's got to sting a little bit. It's a, it's such a tough situation. Um, you know, when you enjoy 15-plus great years with, with the same quarterback, and then they hit that point in their career where they're not the strength. They're not the reason you're winning. Um, and, and, you know, they've had a, a run now of, of three, four years. And, look, I've been very critical of Drew Brees' uh, abilities over the last three years. Um, and it's not his accuracy that I've questioned. It's not his efficiency that I've questioned. Those two things have not died. Neither does his IQ. Um, but, but the arm does die at some point. And this felt very Peyton Manning-ish this season. Even last season kind of felt very Peyton Manning-ish at the end of his Broncos career. Uh, that last season where it was like, look, we're just going to try and win by, you know, these short, you know, dink and dunk throws. Trust our great defense. Um, and, and, you know, fortunately for them, they were able to get a Super Bowl out of it at the end. Um, and for the Saints, it, it doesn't appear as they will. Um, by the time that we're reporting that we're, we're recording this episode, it hasn't officially come out that Drew Brees has said he is retiring. Now, everybody, the reports came out that, that beforehand this was going to be his last season um, and that this was going to be his last game. Jake Glazer put it out before the game started. Kind of something that I've, I've um, kind of assumed over the last year or so, I think it was. I think it was pretty. It, it, to me, it was clear from the day that he said that he accepted that NBC gig. You know, I, I thought it was like, okay, well, yeah, he's gonna, you know, live to that contract. He's gonna play one more year, and he's gonna go join and be a broadcaster for NBC, or was it CBS? I can't remember which one it was. Um. So you know, when I when I take a look at this, it is it is unfortunate to watch. Uh, the guy who brought you so much success be the reason uh, that you you can't uh, obtain success when you necessarily have maybe even a better roster than you did those years um, when he was helping you out, when he was helping you win games. It's a really interesting situation to see. You know, we saw Peyton Manning, uh, we saw Peyton Manning carry, you know, bad Colts teams for a while. And then it gets to the point in Denver where the rest of the team has to carry him. And to their credit, the Saints carry Drew Brees for quite some time. And look, like I said, I'm not trying to be a Drew Brees hater. I've enjoyed watching that man play for his entire career. I wish him nothing but the best, but he is the reason why, you know, say you don't want to include the Rams game because yeah, there was a really bad pass interference call. It should have been called. It's unlucky to to not make it to the Super Bowl. Um, that game excluded, you know, I feel like he's been the reason that this team hasn't been able to advance and especially this season. I mean, that roster is loaded. You know, there's not many teams that have, you know, a, a top 10 receiver, a top 
five, probably top three running back, top three defense, one of the best play callers, solid two through, you know, four receivers, solid tight end, and a great offensive line. Those teams, nine out of ten times, you know, advance pretty far into the playoffs, make it to a Super Bowl. Um, his, his play held this team back, and, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate to see, but, you know, it, the other side of it is, are, are you really going to flip to Jameis Winston in the postseason when you have Drew Brees? No, you're not going to do that. You, you owe it enough to Drew Brees, but it is a shame when you look back at how talented these teams were, the fact that they weren't able to even make it to the Super Bowl. Um, so... You know, it's a, it's a tough road ahead for the Saints. They've got negative $90 million in cap space this offseason. Uh, Drew Brees retiring would free up, I don't know, maybe $35 million of that, but they've got a lot of big decisions to make here, probably a lot of big salaries that they'll have to move on from. Early thoughts, I, you know, I think Michael Thomas might be one of those expendable guys just in terms of, uh, you know, value you're getting out of how much you're paying him. Um, not that he is a bad receiver at all, but I think, you know, the problems that they've had over the years with him, contract holdouts, fighting with teammates, fighting with coaching, um, you know, he might be a guy that looks to move on. Maybe he's even interested in moving on from New Orleans. Uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot that New Orleans has to figure out to be able to, um, you know, I, to me, the easiest is kind of hit a quick reset, try and load up on some picks by trading away some talented players, get a little bit younger, um, of course, you have to figure out what's going on at quarterback next season, position that desperately needs to be addressed. You know, unless you're bringing Jameis back, you can't roll in with Taysom Mills being the only one under contract. Um, but you know, hell of, hell of a run by Breeze. Hell of a run by Breeze. He'll he'll go down as one of the more respected quarterbacks of all time. Really, one of the most accurate, if not the most accurate, quarterback of all time. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to hard to think he didn't hold these these rosters back a little bit, especially this season, especially the last two seasons. I said it all last year as well. Uh, Moving on to Tampa. You know, I thought they looked all right. I guess, you know, I'm here sitting at another week and thinking about, you know, (laughs) I I always, you know, last week I gave away in my wildcard recap episode, I gave away who I, you know, it was pretty clear who I thought was going to advance this upcoming week, and so instead of saving it for, I guess, the preview episode, I kind of just tossed it out there like, hey, these teams are going to advance. All four did. Um, when I watch Tampa and I watch Green Bay, uh, to me, Green Bay is the is the team that is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Not that Tampa is a bad team, um, but I think you, you put Brady outside he in, in Lambeau in the end of January. Um the offense really, really struggled. And, and the Saints are a great defense. They're a really great defense. But Brady struggles with pressure up the middle. He can't get outside of the pocket. Um, only connected on one of five deep shots. Uh, I I don't know. I definitely think they'll be able to keep pace with Green Bay. And I, I guess I want to focus more on how they look today because uh, defensively it was really impressive. Devin White. You know, I tweeted it, like, early in the first quarter. I said, holy shit, Devin White is flying across the field right now. And then he had a fumble recovery, an interception, uh, hard-hitting tackles. I think he had a sack. He just was all over the place. He had an amazing game, one of the brightest young linebackers. He was my uh, number one graded linebacker in the, I believe it was 2018 draft class. It had Devin White and Devin Bush. Could have been 2019. 
might have been 2019. Um, but really talented young linebacker. They've got a really good defense. Um, and when I take a look, I guess at uh, you know any questions that I have about them, I, I guess it will come down to the passing game and being able to keep pace with with Devonte Adams and and Aaron Jones and the talented Green Bay offense that's been humming since the second half of the season. Yes, I know everybody looks towards that game that they played earlier in the season. And they say, well, Tampa Bay just destroyed him. Gashed him on the ground. Forced a lot of turnovers on Rodgers. Uh, blew him out. I think it was like 38-12 or something. It was a blowout early in the season. People want to take a look at that game and say, hey, Tampa probably has their number. Well, New Orleans had Tampa's number twice in the regular season and just lost by 10. So not a whole lot you can you can use about the regular season. It's what are these teams now um, and I do have a little question, a, a few questions about Tampa being able to go into Lambeau. And I guess the questions are, you know, I can say the questions are about Brady. You know, playing in, in cold weather at this age, um, at this point in the season, I don't think his arm looked all, all that impressive against the Saints. Uh, you know, they looked less impressive this week than they did last week against Washington to me. Um, but they got the job done. You know, hats off to Brady for making what is 14th conference championship game. Um, unbelievable career. For the GOAT, the current GOAT. Give it 15 more years, Patty. When you retire, you'll probably be the GOAT. But um, I guess that's really all I have left to say about that game. You know, we'll have a lot of other stuff coming out this week. Uh, lots to talk about. As I mentioned, I want to have a Seahawks conversation. I want to have a Texans conversation because that shit is getting crazy. Uh, we now know that the Chargers have hired Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley as their new head coach and that the Lions are now finalizing a deal with Dan Campbell, uh, who was previously with the um, with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, now that their season has ended, they can go ahead and sign him. Um, that leaves the uh, Texans and Eagles as the available head coaching spots. Um, Eagles, last I have, were interviewing Josh McDaniels. Surprising that Brian Dable might not end up with a job. I would hate to see him go to Houston just because I think he would be a really good fit in Houston and I'd have to really hate facing that offense twice a year for you know however long he stays around. But, um, you know, it's it's surprising to see Dable, you know, the kind of the, the jobs kind of vanish. You know, I would have loved for him to go to LA with the Chargers. I thought him and Herbert would have been a slam dunk. Um, but I think I think the fact that the Bills are still in the playoffs and the, the Rams were officially eliminated, I think that gave them more of an opportunity to say, okay, we can go get this guy now. And if he's our if he's one of our top candidates and he's available now, we don't want to lose out on him. And then to say Dable changes his mind and stays with the Bills, we got to go get our guy now. So that's probably why um, Brian Dable may end up without a job, which is, is very interesting because um, I, I was sure he was going to get a gig this offseason. We'll talk all about that. We'll get into kind of, um, you know, we'll, we'll finish off the week with our conference championship previews. Really exciting games. These are, these are the storylines I wanted. These are the storylines I wanted. I wanted Brady and Rodgers. I wanted Allen and Mahomes. You've got, you know, in the AFC, you've got really the two brightest young quarterbacks in that conference facing up against one another in the NFC. I mean, you've got the you've got the old group there. You've got, you know, the GOAT in Tom Brady. To me, the most talented quarterback up until Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. You know, to me, Rodgers, the most disrespected quarterback of this era. Um, you know, my, my Super Bowl preseason, uh, you know, at the when I did my prediction show um, at the beginning of the season, I obviously had the Chiefs and the Packers making it to the Super Bowl. 
you know, I, I feel pretty good, you know, early thoughts. I do feel pretty good about that happening. Um, Rodgers Mahomes would be a, a hell of a game to watch. So, you know, I would love to get that and to be able to watch that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to say about this. You know, it's, it's going to be an exciting next few weeks. And then we're going to head right into the offseason, have a lot of stuff to do then. Um, but yeah, that'll wrap it up for today. Kind of my thoughts on all four games. Uh, I guess I gave away kind of who I see advancing in conference championship weekend, but we'll break down the games a little bit more in detail later in the week on a Friday episode. We'll get some stuff in the middle of the week. Uh, make sure to uh, like, subscribe, review the podcast. Um, I appreciate all the feedback and support that we get. Uh, we'll be back, I'd, I'd say, at the very latest Wednesday. I'm doing some stuff, so we'll probably record on Tuesday night, put out a Wednesday podcast, and then do a show for Friday as well, too. So thank you guys so much for listening um, to Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace, and I will talk to you soon. Peace.